Artist Journal, July 8th, 2022, Berlin. My name is Adrian Pocabelli, and I am very pleased to welcome you back after months of not posting here. I mean, everybody has grand designs of making some podcast, and uh, it rarely happens, but I bumped into this notification on Twitter from Michael Nolson who said he found this podcast on Spotify. Hope you carry on with this, Pokebelly. Was a good listen. Did a search and realized you make the sense that One by One NFT has been posting from typed art. Great stuff. Well, thank you, Michael. And he was very, uh, Michael Mikel, uh, he was very enthusiastic. He left a few comments after I was like, oh, thank you. So thank you, because really, I mean, you know what's interesting about doing this is I actually like Nobody listening. <laughs> Nobody. I, I didn't even retweet his thing because I was like, oh, no, people are listening. <laughs> but, you know, I do this just as kind of a record for myself. And if this sort of art thing goes anywhere, then, OK, we have a little it's, it's an artist journal. But what's cool about it is, you know, and how do you do a regular artist journal? Well, you have to talk about what's going on out there a little bit, not just what's what you're working on. But if you do want to find my work, you can find it on Super Rare at Pokebelly, or you can find me on object.com, the Tezos platform at Pokebelly. And you can find me on Twitter at Pokebelly and also on Pokebelly.net. So again, thank you, Mikal, for the comments, and I'm glad you like it. So I think Mikal was a bit of an enthusiast on Tezos and what's going on over there. And I understand because I would love a show on what's going on with Tezos art right now, because it's actually, in my view, it's probably the most exciting art movement that I've ever experienced kind of firsthand. And part of what makes it so cool is it's open to everybody. And so it's been a truly, I don't know if renaissance is the right word, but it has been uh, full of imagination. And it's truly the place. And, you know, and I would be worried, frankly, if I, if I was super rare, and I have a bunch of super rare tokens, as a matter of fact, from their big drop that they gave a lot of their artists about a year ago now. But again, I'm, I'm multi-chain and I think all artists should be multi-chain and you know, frankly, platform independent, whatever seems to make sense is what I think you should do. I do both. Just And you will sell for a lot more on Ethereum than on Tezos. You know, like a lot of these Tezos artists, if they're on Ethereum, would probably be selling for 100x. And I'm okay. That's why it's so exciting right now. Because part of what makes Tezos so exciting is how cheap the art is. You know, I didn't consider myself an art collector. I, the first NFT art that I bought, of course, I bought them for investments and whatever earlier in the year, although not too many. I missed that whole July NFT run last year where everybody got rich, at least temporarily, on their board apes and whatnot. I had the MFers, so I did do well, but then I didn't sell the top, as everybody says. But back to where I was going with this, the... Tezos blockchain, what's so exciting about it right now, and it probably is a temporary situation, is how cheap the art is. You know, Tezos last October, I was looking at the chart, 
And Tezos is what you buy the art on object.com, objkt.com. That token, you know, last October was trading at eight or nine dollars. I think it topped out at nine dollars. It was at three or four dollars, five dollars for months. Now it's at like a dollar fifty-five. So all the art, of course, like Ethereum art, is priced in Tezos. So if you had a work that costed 25 Tezos before, you're probably spending over 100 bucks for it. Now you're spending, you know, 40. And so I have gone on a bit of a buying spree, probably too much, selling too much of my little Bitcoin I have just to get these art pieces because I sort of feel like, you know, I mean, Tezos could go lower, but at a certain point, buy low, sell high, and things are low right now. And so where I was going with this earlier, just to wrap up what I was saying, I never considered myself an art collector, frankly, because Ethereum was too expensive. I bought one piece of art on Ethereum at the boom times in October when I was feeling rich, and which was temporary. And I bought, a, I think his name's Bad Bad Cod, kind of works in the basquiat style, which I'd never really got into those artists, but he did it really, really well and originally where he kind of made it his own. And he seemed cool and the work was relatively cheap. It was 0.3 Ethereum or something. And so that was like 1200 bucks at the time. <laughs> I can't imagine what I could buy for 1200 bucks on Tezos right now. But all to say, I started there and that was the first art NFT, and I never bought another one just because it was really expensive. I mean, I don't have that kind of money to shell around on digital art, but that's what was so cool about Tezos, and it took me a couple of months to clue in. Like, I was just looking here. I, I minted first on, like, December 21st, 2021, just a remix of my Screen Memories series, and... Yeah, like it took me till maybe late January to actually start discovering what I consider like artists I like and are and truly excited about. You know, I never went to some fancy school. I went to the University of Saskatchewan, but I've been in the museum since I was a kid, like since I was six is when I went to the Vatican. That's why I became an artist, you know, and I'm like, my girlfriend is like, can we just have a vacation where we don't go to the museums? <laughs> You know, and she loves the museums, you know, she really does. But um, all to say, like, I've kind of grown up in museums to a large degree. So I love the tradition. You see it in my work. Like I did a whole art book on the Peloponnesian War, which you can find on OpenSea. I'm tempted to move it to Tezos. And yeah, and then my screen memory series works a lot with Renaissance art. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because in order to, in my view, in order to be a part of the tradition, you have to have a conversation with the tradition. And this is the difference between, say, so-called naive art and or folk art or whatever you want to call it and what I'd consider, you know, classic fine art and is this connection with the tradition. Whether that's even just copying the body forms of, you know, classics that, you know, in Italian painting in a new work as some artists on Tezos are doing, and I recognize it, like Rat Cloaksy, he's using a lot of Italian painting. And I'm like, so all to say, I was never really, uh, like I educated myself on art history, but I really, really educated myself, uh, not from going to a fancy school, which is probably all the better these days. So when I see, say, a guy like Rat Cloaksy, I see Italian art and I go, oh, this matters. This is, this matters. And I'd recommend you take a look. I mean, 
This is another reason why I wasn't really enthusiastic to do this podcast, because I knew I'd talk about Tezos, and I kind of don't want to let it out. I kind of don't want to let the secret out. There is a lot of very exciting stuff going on. And frankly, the art world, they're starting to clue in. Okay, like Art Basel, if you do a search on Art Basel and Tezos, you'll see that Tezos very smartly has been doing panels at Art Basel, but that was in June. Okay, that was a few weeks ago, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So if you look at my experience, it took me a couple of months to kind of figure it out and go, oh, there's some really interesting art here. You kind of have to go, you have to go like, okay, how does this work? Kukai wallet, whatever. You kind of have to go and come back a few times before you start to go, oh, there's something going on. And, you know, as I would keep saying, I, I wasn't a collector until January. And then I started to discover the stuff. And, you know, Tezos was still four or five bucks at that point, but it was still cheap relative to Ethereum because I could still buy masterpieces, in my view, for 20 bucks. And part of what makes it cheap is this additions thing where people put out 15 or 25 or 5 or 100 editions of a work, again, making it cheap and accessible. There are no gatekeepers on Tezos either, say for object.com. So I actually think that's a positive. That's a benefit. I think actually Super Rare has been quite hurt by the fact that you have to make a video. I was there, you know, I was like, finally, I was like, I saw the massive bull market kind of starting up. I was like, okay, fine, I'll finally do this video. I should have done it like two years earlier when I had actually first discovered Super Rare, but I had not done it because of this, frankly, stupid video that I had to make in order to apply. I guess they do it just to make sure you're cool. So it's a curated platform. But I think they actually hurt themselves because a lot of people were basically like me early on who just don't really want to make a video about themselves in order to, to, to please who. So, yeah, so the art world is picking up on Tezos. And we also see it with Marina Abramovich, who now, if you've never heard of Marina Abramovich, she's a major, probably the most famous performance artist in the world. I'm actually not a big fan. I, I thought I was. Uh, put it this way. I've never really cared about performance art. But I respect it. And of course, and, you know, contemporary art when it's good is amazing. It's just it's very, very rarely good in, in my view. Or it's very, you know, it's usually just too pretentious and just there's not enough meat on the bones and on and on I could go. So I was excited to see Marina Abramovich in Toronto. I saw her when I was living there about seven years ago. And... Unfortunately, I mean, it turned into a big infomercial at the end. Uh, send me money. I'm building an art institute literally for half an hour at uh, on this lecture that was called The History of Performance Art, which was basically just her talking about her art. For, and it was actually very unimpressive, the whole thing. And then it turned into a big call for money. And then her helper came out and then appealed for money again. It was actually very off-putting. But nevertheless, and she's a darling, of course, of that whole contemporary art scene, which I think their days are kind of numbered uh, intellectually. Like, I mean, they can all keep hanging out and buy each other's work and, you know, keep going to parties that, you know. But I think all the excitement now is on what I'd arg actually argue is on Tezos right now, in my opinion. I mean, that's just my view. 
but yeah, yeah. So there's a talk at Art Basel, the NFT is present, a play on her work, her famous work at MoMA that she did, The Artist is Present, where she basically sat in a chair for a month or something. So she is bringing something to Tezos. A artist Marina Abramovich launches NFT, the hero 25 FPS on Tezos XTZ network. So she is about to launch something. I think it's sometime in July. Just look at this article. And Tezos is collaborating with her Institute of Radical Contemporary Art Culture. And it's called the Hero 25 FPS. Now, I'm not mentioning this to go, oh, yay, we're finally got social approval from Marina Abramovich. I couldn't care less what Marina Abramovich really thinks, to be perfectly honest. I gave her some time and I, I wasn't frankly impressed. But the reason I'm mentioning all this and the Art Basel thing is the art world seems to be choosing Tezos over Ethereum, probably because it's clean NFT and they're very sensitive to this environmental issue. And yeah, and so we've seen two big signs of that, which is Art Basel having panels and Marina Abramovich, arguably the world's most famous uh, performance artist, is doing a collaboration on Tezos with and doing some kind of work that I believe is going to be released in July. I don't even care. You can you can look that up. I for me it's you know if anything it's it's like kind of like damn the golden age may be ending here soon. But yeah, so that's what's on my mind. I mean, I load up Object pretty much every morning first thing uh, just to see the new works. It's a golden age right now. So if you're not on it, check it out. I'm going to keep this podcast pretty short just for right now. As far as what I'm working on, I got a screen memory in the works. It's been they've been taking longer and longer, which probably means I need to end the project. That's probably going to go on super rare in the next week or two. And I got some experiments on Tezos that I'm working with, and I'm going to be picking up again the Secret History of World War III, which is also on Object. You can find it there on my page, where I basically am mixing painting samples of painting and screenshots of the news. I have some basically preliminary works are there. They're actually very cheap right now, and I'm going to burn them all that aren't sold. So, But it's probably going to be maybe a couple of weeks or whatever. But I am picking that project back up. I just needed to take it to the next level, and that's what I've been doing also. So we've been working really hard here behind the scenes. But I will try and keep this podcast going because I understand. I want news on what's going on here too, and there's basically none. Other than very general stuff like, oh, you know, Art Basel and Marina Abramovich. And really, that's not the real story that's going on on Tezos. The real story are these amazing artists like Junk, like Rat Cloaksy, like The Myth, that are, you know, really making beautiful, amazing, hilarious work. And that is the story. There is a real golden age happening. And it, to me, it's the real digital art revolution is happening on Tezos right now. Ethereum's interesting. It's nothing against the Ethereum artists, but I'm on Ethereum and most of my work is on Ethereum. Okay, so it's nothing against it. And you make the bigger sales there. But really, as a someone who's just been consuming this art for my entire life and it's been my burning passion, the action is on Tezos and we just got to call a spade a spade. 
Hope you enjoyed the show. And again, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Pokebelly. And you can, again, find me on SuperRare and on Object.com and Pokebelly.net. Until next time, keep it real.